What is Kamikoto? Kamikoto makes great kitchen knives using traditional techniques. Each knife comes in a beautiful, heavy-duty ash wood box. Gorgeous. It really makes for a great present. Kamikoto makes three knife sets, heavy-duty cleavers, ultra-sharp steak knives, everything for people who are serious about cooking. They only use steel sourced from Japan, and each blade is crafted using techniques that have been honed and perfected by generations of knifesmiths. Because of their single bevel edge, Kamikoto knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge you can't get with just other knives. They're ridiculously sharp, like cut through a ribeye like butter sharp. I'm telling you right now, I love these knives. I, my favorite thing to use with these knives is to cut raw fish. Kamikoto is so confident that about their knives that each knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you go ahead and buy now, Kamikoto is offering our listeners an extra $50 off site-wide on top of their biggest sale of the year. Go to Kamikoto.com and use the offer code BERT for an extra $50 off K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O.com slash BERT. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O.com slash BERT. Hey guys, brand new podcast. I'm in Alaska next week. I think those are almost sold out at the Alaska Airlines Center. I'm in Toronto for four shows. I think we have one show that may have some tickets left. After that, it's Europe. All of January, Europe. And then we're hitting the big cities, baby. When we come home, Tampa, Boston, Orlando. I cannot fucking wait. Tops off world tour. Tops off. We have literally probably 10 more shows left of uh, of, full, of uh, Birdie Boy Relapse Tour. Man, it's been a run. And then Europe. Europe, baby. Europe. I can't wait. Go to birdbirdbird.com to get your tickets. Today's podcast is a great one. Uh, I started working the door at the Boston Comedy Club when I was 26. I, that was 24 years ago. Uh, I met this young lady 24 years ago. She was 17 years old. Uh, and I was 26. I'm 10 years older than her, I guess. She might have been, yeah. She was a young comic. We talk about that a little bit. She had moved to New York with a band and then broken up with a guy in the band and then just stayed in New York and started doing stand-up. Her mom, uh, we talk about her family. Her dad was a civil, I, I remembered her dad was played music. Um, I used to always, I used to hang out at the door at the Boston Comedy Club with Rachel for Every, every night, that was who I talked to. I had her, Louis Schaefer. Uh, you'd occasionally, towards the end of the night, you'd get Patrice and Jim and Bobby and Pete Corielli and, and all that. Then, but, but at the beginning of the night, we were all there together. At the beginning of the night, it was me, her, Louis Schaefer, <clears throat> Big Jay Okerson would show up at the beginning of the night, Kurt Metzger, Kevin Hart, who was, was a beginning of the night guy. And I haven't talked to her in 24 years, and I'm lucky enough to have her on the podcast. She's doing fantastic. She has a little girl. We talk about her little girl. She's married to a fire firefighter, fireman. Uh, he sounds fucking hilarious. She just basically, we caught up a little bit, and then she told me about her life now, and I laughed hysterically for an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, she's amazing. You can find her on Netflix. She's got a Netflix special. She does, uh, I think she did the stand-ups, correct? But more importantly, all her link, all her stuff will be in the bio here. Give her a follow. I absolutely adore her. I feel like she's like a little sister that I watched just blow up. My friend, stand-up comedian, 
Rachel Feinstein. This is I just said to Leanne, uh, this is an overstatement, I think. But it might be possible I haven't seen you in 22 years. We only saw each other online when I did your porn thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a long time. In person. The winter of my life. You know, I, 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 and I think it's so fucking oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's so fucking interesting. I, I was saying to someone the other day. Oh, we were talking in the writer's room for the roast mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah. And I said. I said, you know, I know Rachel. And they're like, yeah. But I, I guess I'd said this on Two Bears before, but I said, no, but I like, she was one of my only like friends when I started working the door. There was, she was one of the people I would talk to every night. Yes. Yeah. Every night. I didn't realize how young you were at the time. I started stand up really young. Like, I, I moved to New York when I was like 17 with this guy in his band called Dick Sister. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then Dick Sister dumped me. And then I was just in New York. So where did you grow, where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland in Bethesda. And everybody in my family like went to like graduate school. But everybody knew I was like an emergency moron in school. There was no discussion of college. I just moved with Dick Sister. And then I hung out with you at Boston. Yeah. Were you into music or something? Or is your dad into music? My dad's a blues musician. He was like a civil rights lawyer and now he plays blues full time. Civil rights lawyer? But, yeah. Hurricane Howie. Howie Feinstein. That's a hot name, isn't it? <laughs> that is Wait, yeah. I never do this in an interview, but I kind I like I feel like catching up i want to hear everything how everything worked because all of a sudden one day i okay i'm gonna be full disclosure say everything you were like a nerdy little kid you were not as beautiful as you are today you're i'm sure you were the same beautiful person but i remember you just as a like a as like a like a really pie-eyed like really excited for life little girl (laughs) like that's how i remember you and now you're a beautiful mom and i'm like wait how did you get I was a little jacked up at those days. Like, first of all, I wore, I was not okay. You weren't really nice to me, but I wasn't well at all. I don't I think mean, any of us were. No, no we weren't. Do you remember? Okay. Like, I used to not be able to dry my hair. I would just, it would just drip down my back. And I remember DC Benny, like, took me aside one night. He's like, are you not, like, drying it? Like, I just, there was just, like, a wet splash down my shirt. I could barely serious? rinse myself. And then I wore these Dickies overalls every day. I thought it was, like, edgy or something. I thought you had to dress like a beastie boy to do stand-up. Yeah. And again, I remember DC being like, you, th- you've you worn those a couple days in a row. Like, is everything all right with you? But I wasn't well at all. And I was you were very so, nice to me. I, I was so oblivious. I was so wrapped. I've always been wrapped up in my own world about me. And so mm-hmm. I never... I never like pay attention to anyone else. DC is one of those people. I think. I mean, I don't. I don't I'm not going to speak for DC, but I know right now he's taking care of his dad. I think DC always have one of those caretaking hearts. So yes. I can see how he would see that in you. I just remember <laughs> you being. I remember someone told me you were like 17, 18, and I was like, no. <laughs> I moved right after high school. Yeah, I mean, then when Dick's sister dumped me, I was just like, you know, throbbingly depressed, but I didn't have any friends in New York, and then I just sort of lingered around Boston. And you were always like so warm to me, and you were always in a really what I remember thinking early on was that you were always just socializing seemed like so easy for you. Like you had an ease about I don't it. Think, I, it I, I guess it does, but it doesn't for real. Like naturally, of course, of course. naturally I'm not an introvert. I, I, I do draw energy off of um, hanging out with other people. Like it, it, it is yeah. my source. Um, Leanne, my wife's the exact opposite. But, and I think, and but when I moved to New York, 
I was not, uh, I was not naturally, I had no humility. I was not naturally a person that would be barking on, on the street. That wasn't who I was. I think I was like a prouder person than that. Yeah. And, and out of necessity, I learned that I was like, oh, I, I, this is how you succeed. Yeah. And so I think I was forced into it. I think Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's like, you know, you don't want the roughest thing for your kid, Mm -hmm. but ultimately you do because it helps them develop into what they, you know, you need, you need a kid who's going to get his dick knocked in the dirt a couple of times to turn into the really good person. I think. Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, I feel like that, especially those first few years of stand up, I sometimes wonder what would have happened to me if I didn't do that to my psyche so early on, just the wild, violent bombing, but then it makes you, does make you stronger. Yeah. I remember one night I was like, I was on stage and this guy just stood up in the middle of my, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't in Boston. It was at New York comedy club. And I was doing like the nasty show or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, they, Tony Woods went on and like destroyed, like he's fucking, he's so, I don't think people, me and you come from, you're, you, you have, you have more knowledge of comedy and the scenes of comedy than I do because I kind of isolated a little bit when i started doing the road i kind of knew the road more but like you have been in the trenches of new york comedy for 22 years like legit 22 years like yeah busting your ass so you know more than i do but um but tony woods is someone that to this day it blows my mind that he's not the most famous he will destroy a crowd like he was killing like a few, I, I mean, he would just, he was one of those people that just would go up and he could sit down. He could, in the beginning, I was like, I don't know who I was being on stage, but I was just like, just a I ludicrous like- character. <laughs> I was like, just trying to have this like New York attitude. It's disgusting. When I watch old tapes of myself, I just want to close myself like a box. I'm like, for the love of God, <laughs> shut the fuck up. No one needs this. Do you feel like that when you watch old oh things of yourself? God, yes. I'm just like, just stop it. I see me. My voice is high pitched and I'm trying to say edgy things that are just borderline racist. <laughs> I'm trying to be edgy as fuck. And I'm like, I remember I have cringe moments where I've said things like when I was younger, especially. I mean, I have to look, I've said things as an adult that are cringy. Of course. Me too. But like when I was younger, I look back at my personality and trying to be edgy and it's so not who I am. Like I'm allowed yeah. to have, I think I have a normal edge, but mostly if I try to be edgy, it's kind of obnoxious me too i force it it just comes off real jarring i just yeah. sound like a cunt like yeah sugura is legit edgy um like the things he says are have he's consistently been the same person mm. i just i never I, I i i tried and it didn't it wasn't a good look for me i think I, I i think i settled into who i am today where i can i can get away with some stuff but for the most part i don't think anyone's coming to my show to be challenged <laughs> <laughs> I'm not teaching anyone anything. I have very little information about anything. I today I was thinking because we're doing this roast for me tonight, and I was like, I was like, I don't, I've never written, I don't know how to write a roast joke. I've never written a joke. I had a team of people working on my document with me. People had to bathe me while I was here. I don't know what I'm doing. Whitney told me she goes, uh, (laughs) she goes, she goes. I think it's better if you don't, if you're not prepared and you just are in the moment. And I was like, I didn't have another option, Whitney. Like, (laughs) what did you think I was going to come with a list of shit to write? Like fucking, how, how am I gonna make fun of anybody? I know even my papers were like covered in debris. Every no, I'm not. I'm not one of those writers either, and I can't write like a clean joke punchline. So yeah, like everybody's had to just kind of sit with me and help me stay still. 
my <laughs> my prem, my hot takes like uh like you know like burr is a i think is a take comic mm-hmm. um my takes are so stupid today i was like <laughs> i'm not even joking today i was like i should write a bit about uh butter and how like you know it must be hard to butter toast in like in like cold climates <laughs> but you rip a lot of bread apart and i'm like what the fuck am i doing and i'm I really i'm like that's where my brain is is buttering toast you fat fuck that's all i could think about was how how hard it must be to get to- butter on toast if you're an <laughs> fucking bleep out <laughs> and then people say think i said something worse <laughs> um so wait so then so what was i left new york i left new york in 2000 Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I think I moved out to LA full time. So tell me what what was your path? Because I know that you I know that you have a tight click of friends like mm-hmm. uh, like the um, Amy and Nikki and that whole group. All the f- Marina, Marina Franklin, yeah. fucking really funny. Love I never really so I know her like I know yeah. her to see her to say hi. Yeah, but I never. I'm bummed that the only person I of that click that i knew knew was amy but that's just we worked on a tv show together yeah but um but i wish i had been around that because i i i have good energy with uh this sounds get ready to isolate this audio <laughs> i have good energy with younger women because mm-hmm. i have a little sisters that's so I've, I've always been i've always been like i to this day i'm really close with nikki yeah um like whitney i i feel like a younger sister um yeah. amy was amy was uh there was a period where we were very close with amy she used to stay at our house when we would go on vacation. We'd call her and be like, hey, why don't you just stay at our house? And she'd come out and take meetings. She'd hang out with my sisters. They're, oh, they're, so my lovely. sisters are all y'all same age. Yeah. But um, uh, but how, so like, tell, I, want, I want to know, like, I, pretend like we haven't, pretend like we're related <laughs> and, and I haven't seen you in a while. I want to find out what happened. Okay. So, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I made a, a cocktail of uh, strange things happen. I guess. Okay, so when I moved to New York, um, yeah, Dick's sister dumped me, and then I started stand up, and then I, um, I hung out with Keith a lot. If people don't know Keith Robinson, he's um one of the oldest uh, living comedians. I think he was the head writer for Leave It to Beaver. But um, no, Keith is like he, he was he 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 actually did punch up on the Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> trashed so bad by Keith so early on. Everyone so did. Everyone knows. So Keith, Keith is the comic that will say exactly what your worst nightmare is that somebody's going to notice or say about you. Like, I remember getting ready one night, having this huge zit and being like, nobody's going to see that. You see it. Yeah. No one else is thinking about your zit. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. I walk in the cellar. Keith goes, why is Rachel's dumb zit blinking at me? <laughs> Rachel's zit is winking. God damn it. And I, I, I tried to wear an outfit. You can't take a risk in New York because these oh. fucking dickheads will destroy you. Just a mild thing. Like, oh, I'll try a little boot. He's like, ah, Rachel looks like Robin Hood men in tights. He goes, <laughs> Rachel dresses like she shops in suburban outfitters. And so he would just... <laughs> suburban outfitters. And that stays with me for years. Like, just those old trashings. I used to go on the road a little bit with Keith. Keith would bring me to open. Um, I remember years and years ago, it was Keith, me, and little Kev... This is kind of a fucked up story. I don't know what the nobody told me what the rules are here. Can There's I say no things rules. that are sick and wrong? You can say okay. whatever the fuck you want. Okay. And by the way, if you if you want to change it in a week, we'll take it out. So tell okay, everything. Cool. All right. So by Keith, the way, by the way, I has to be like everyone fucks around. Keith Keith is responsible for all your favorite comics. He he fostered yes. every fucking I really do love Keith and he busted my balls. In, not even in a fun way at times. <laughs> like him, yeah. Patrice, all those guys, but he is responsible. I mean, I mean, look, Kevin Hart's responsible for Kevin Hart, 
But he drove Kevin Hart to New no, York. And I back remember. To Keith had like a comedy night. camp he would bring Big from Philly. Oberson, yeah. Kurt Metzger. Kurt Metzger. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, he, Amy, like, yeah. he really honestly. He would have like a van and he would bring in these Philly comics and he would take them around everywhere and help them get past. And then he would trash us. But he's like, yeah, he was one of my dearest friends. But yeah. He's a, um, I mean, he loves to fuck with you, but he, but he would, he would bring, I remember when he, we first met little Kev, they would throw a phone book at, they used to call him little Kev and they'd throw a phone book at him. He'd be on stage. This was New York. Throw a fucking phone book in the I, middle of the set. I, I actually, I actually, I remember, I remember, I feel like I remember that. I feel like I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's shit that would happen. When I got, when I auditioned at the cellar, they all came in. It was like, it was like Keith, Judah, a bunch of guys. They just all came in and lined up during my audition and just would shake their heads. I used to do a lot of, I still do characters, but every time I did a character, they'd just be like, nah, next character. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about notifications for a second? Who actually leaves those sounds on anymore? Well, besides that kind. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage t-shirts or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels, Sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. I'll tell you what. We use Shopify, and we use it on our our YouTube videos. That's what's great about Shopify. They do work with all these platforms. You can use them on TikTok, and it's great. It's a great way to access people who are watching your stuff and want to buy your stuff. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses from down the street to around the globe. Go on. Try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This is possibility. Powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash birdcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash birdcast, all lowercase, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash birdcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This holiday season, do something for a special person in your life. You. Give yourself a gift to raise your spirits. And not just for the day. Holidays can be a really tough time. Between managing your family dynamics racing to one thing from another and braving the cold, dark weather, it's normal to feel down. Having someone to talk to about how you're feeling and what you can do about it is truly a gift. Uh, I've been in therapy for a very long time, and I'm telling you right now, it's the best money I've ever spent. Because in times like this morning, when I woke up a little bit firing hot, I know that I can write that down. And then when I talk to my therapist, I can go, hey, here's something we need to highlight. And then and, and then we highlight it. We talk about it. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists. 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. 
no waiting rooms. That's why I love my online therapy. No traffic. That's why I love my online therapy. No endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash BERT. That's betterhelp.com slash BERT. One of yeah. my favorite memories was Keith and, and Keith and Patrice heckling Voss at the Boston. Yeah, He would get on and they would heckle him and people didn't know they were comedians. They would sit in the back and heckle him and they were such great heckles <laughs> and they knew his act. They'd go, they would, they, oh, I was so fucking, those days, I don't, you'll never get that back. I mean, like that, I mean, no one was famous in comedy. No one no. was, no one was. And it you was, could say anything, nobody cared. You'd just yeah, say, nobody. you just you talk some shit. That was all under the umbrella of talking some shit. Yeah. People would say, I mean, a- any text chain between any of us today would get us all just completely finished for life. But we would just say all, just say unspeakable things to each other. But we loved each other. We yeah. were aggressively poor and <laughs> we were just hanging out and having so much fun. But I, I remember I went on this road gig with Kevin and Keith and I'm in the back seat. Um, and Keith goes, so my, like we talked about my dad's a civil rights lawyer. So Keith was like, so Kev's, Kev was like opening for Keith, you know, like, yeah. I, and so Kev is in the other seat and Keith goes, Hey, you know what? It bugs me that Rachel's dad's a civil rights lawyer. Does it bug you, Kev? He goes, ah, I don't like it either. <laughs> and he goes, ah, we don't need your help, stupid. Fuck your dad. Fuck lean on me. And then he goes, <laughs> And he goes, you know what? I, I Rachel's bugging me. I'm gonna rape Rachel, and I'm gonna have a dad defend me. <laughs> he goes, I'm gonna call him up, and I'm gonna say this is the case that's gonna make you a star. <laughs> we were all like laughing so hard, uh, we were crying. Oh, I remember I was reading Catcher in the Rye in the back seat, and he's like, "Hey, oh eh, Rachel's God. book. Fuck you, and you're dumb. You're not smart, Rachel. You've always been dumb, and I don't believe in your reading." And Kevin's like, yeah, reading bugs me too. And he just took the book out of my hand and just hurled it out the window. Oh. I was like Sandy from Greece in those days. I'm like, you can do that? You can take a lady's book and throw it out a window? No, this city's crazy. <laughs> but it was so fun. Like, it was just, we were just animals, but we had so much fun, God. you know? I wouldn't want to do it again. No, God. Right? Like, I wouldn't oh. want to do it again. Like, I didn't, I like, but it was, it was cool. There's things that like, you know, uh, like Kevin's the biggest movie star probably in the world right now, I would argue mm-hmm. him and the rock. But like we all have that. We all have that time where we saw him for the first time, but we saw him for the first time in a very intimate setting where he was nervous yeah. and he was auditioning to get passed at the Boston. And you were like, oh, and so like those memories, I think that's the coolest thing. Like I remember seeing Dane Cook for the first time. I remember yeah. seeing I mean. Like it's it's funny, and then you and then you realize how much history you have with these people, like Bobby Kelly. I have mm-hmm. so much fucking history with Bobby Kelly that that it's it's almost like you're all. It is you're almost like related. It's almost like a, yeah. a weird family of yeah. people that you know. That's why it's 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 why it's it's so hard. And I, I think I'm not definitely not to get into this, but like when you when comics do get in trouble for past behaviors or whatever, it, mm-hmm. it is fu- like I've watched Sarah have to go like like defend louie and go you don't understand and I, I it's hard to explain to someone but when she was on stern and she was trying to defend not defend louie but explain that her she own knows. experience around yeah. that and like what would happen between people i know is it yes it's a weird way like i look at sarah like a, like i mean obviously only because she's in the biz i think we're probably the same age but only she's in the biz longer i look at her as, a, as like a big sister mm-hmm. so i look at her like like when you i got a phone call from her one time and it, it was like it was like oh cool 
Oh man, I feel cool. But it's it is a weird fucking family that you yeah. have. And I feel like also we're all just I mean, none of us are okay, you know, and we're all, but it's nice to be together. You know, we're all just sizzling with our own brand of mental illness. But yeah. yeah. Oh, the, uh, for the roast tonight, a uh, bunch of the, my sisters and everyone, they're like, are we going to get mad at this? Like, cause, cause they're making fun of you. I said, no, these are the only people in the world that are allowed to make fun. Like, like I, you can't do this on the internet and the internet, yeah. it would hurt my feelings. Get offended for that guy. Yeah. I go, yeah, the people on this roast tonight are like my favorite human beings in the planet like they're the people that have made me laugh harder jim norton i think jim's gonna be there tonight but jim norton has made me laugh probably more because i listen to opie and anthony so mm -hmm. much more than any one individual i know jim is such a genius and he's so and again jim if he didn't do this, I mean, he would be just gulping medicine out of a dis Dixie cup. Like, and I would just be trading fucking a cocktail of medications for some broad in a hospital to look up her skirt. And I'm the same way. Like, I don't yeah. know what I'd be doing, but I'd be like homelish at best. Like, I was yeah. fired from every other thing I attempted to do. And they were right. They made the right decision for their business. They're like, we need her out. I was fired once in like under four hours. They're like, that one needs to Wait, What jobs did you have? Did you, were you working jobs in New York while you were doing stuff? Yes, I did. I was um, a waitress at a pizza place. I mean, it was such a short distance bird to just bring a pizza to a table. <laughs> I couldn't pull it off. I couldn't figure it out. They were like, we need her out. She's done. I'm I was a real hole up. in the team everywhere I was. Yeah. Nine more steps. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I fucked it up. I mean, they used to have like meetings about me in school because I was like, um, you know, just failing so wildly. One time I remember hearing my parents argue about me and my mom just goes, she's not normal power <laughs> shit. And I got in the middle math class one year, just the middle. And there was all these discussions and rumblings around my house. Cause like, but she's in the low. She's in the middle. She's, she's low. She's a dumb class. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out that they'd made a mistake. And there was like a second phone call that they were like, oh, actually she was put there. She is supposed to be at the very lowest. Wait, are you an only but child? I was a, a middle child of two bride, two brothers. Really? Yeah. An what older brother do? and a younger brother. Um, my younger brother is a social worker. Um, Jesus Christ. What is it? You know, my dad said something about the whole Kanye stuff. My dad's extremely, extremely liberal. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, wouldn't play golf with me at Trump National. He was like, I refuse to give that guy my money. Wow. And I was like, I was like, Dad, it's a great golf course. Let's just fucking yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. not there. We're not going to see him. <laughs> and so... Um, but my dad was really upset about the Kanye thing. And he said, what really bothers me, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this is where your father's take was. He goes, when I was a kid, Jewish people and, and black people worked so hard together on civil rights yeah. that it was almost hand in hand to see the difference, to see the separation right now. He goes, it really is heartbreaking. I never thought I'd see this. But he was really bothered by the fucking Kanye thing. And I'm like, and I was like, really? Yeah. I, I'm so oblivious. I don't like, not oblivious. I don't really... I I think I'm Donnell says it's because I'm white, but I don't. It doesn't affect me, so like I don't. Yeah. It doesn't get on my radar. Yes. You know, like uh, when I go to a city and they don't sell beer on a Sunday, that's the issue that affects <laughs> me. You know, that's my hill to die on. But is that that's like the best analogy? But, I've ever heard but, with <laughs> and selling beer if, on a Sunday, yeah, with him loving Hitler is amazing. If uh, oh. but is that like your family seems very socially minded? Yeah, that my family is like aggressively liberal. Um, like, I mean, I have joke about it in my act, but like, I married, you know, uh, Irish Catholic, you know, firefighter, fireman, firefighter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he doesn't 
I, I, that's all I said yeah. when I brought your name up. They go, "Have you seen her husband?" I said, "No." They're like, "He's beautiful." <laughs> I was like, "For re- okay." Someone, someone said that to me. I went, "All right, nice." <laughs> he has a mustache right now that's ludicrous. It's, really, it's a, unacceptable. It's just a like dumb worm on his face. So right now he looks like a true asshole. But um, but he's like. You know, his family's complete opposite. Yeah. Like he's like, they're all like trying to painting my house right now. They're going to like, there's always a fireman over. We got a house with like Bitcoin. They're all like libertarians. They're going to (laughs) paint like a fucking mural of the founding fathers. Firefighters love the founding fathers. They, they cry about the founding fathers when they drink. Really? Yeah. They're obsessed. Um, (laughs) Really? But yeah, my mom would have probably preferred if I married like a Nigerian lesbian or something (laughs) like that. They're they're, uh, yeah, aggressively liberal. Really? My mom's. She majored in African history with a minor in black studies and for um, real. Yeah. And she grew up with like and, you know, her dad was like old school, you know, very, very right. If you had an opinion at the dinner table, you were called a commie rat, which is so funny to me. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that. I was calling I, my friends. I, commie commie rats. Rats. So I called someone a pinko the other day. And no one knew it. I, I, there was they were watching World Cup or whatever. And I go, they go, hey, you want to watch World Cup? I go, no, I'm not some pinko like you. And they're like, what? And I said, I w- I've never heard of pinko. That's pinko. so great. See, type in communist slurs. The uh, when I was a kid, uh, that was the rub on soccer. They, yeah, they were for pinko commies, and yeah. that that if if pinko is a pejorative corn. In 1925 in the U.S. to describe a person regarded as being a sympathetic. Pinko is to communism. Pinko is fantastic. It's great. And to call, imagine calling your your daughter, just like some little girl in braids, oh. a commie rat <laughs> for having it. a thought about something. It's I just love, funny. It's very you know, funny. I, I, but, but yeah, so we never were allowed. I wasn't allowed. Not wasn't allowed. My dad would have let me play soccer. But it wasn't something that was pushed in our communities. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Florida, Tampa. Mm-hmm. is uh is predominantly cuban most of florida is predominantly cuban and mm-hmm. uh well not most but most of miami and then in in tampa maybe not so much in orlando but uh, the more south and and the, we had real issues with communism if you were cu- cuban yeah and so you played baseball you played fucking baseball what do you baseball mean like an american sport oh be- to show that you weren't a commie rat pink yeah, yeah, yeah you played <laughs> fucking baseball 70 percent of of miami is hispanic do you think that was part of it like that was what you were trying to do to show you were american is that um, what they were trying to do or show that they weren't commun- communists by playing baseball yeah well i i mean i, mean, I think baseball is just ingrained in yeah. it really is ingrained in cuban culture i i believe um and by the way I don't, I don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i'm just saying from going up in tampa but man we played baseball no one played fucking soccer did your dad was your dad into baseball hardcore my dad too my dad never saw him cry ever except for um at the baseball hall of fame really <laughs> on my wedding not a tear <laughs> he was actually in a rush when he was walking me down the aisle he's like all right let's go <laughs> that's not the vibe right Wait, now how dad. old is your dad my dad's probably 74 75 yeah, or something okay. like that yeah, yeah. he's he um he's yeah, my dad's a, age yeah he was in a rush down the aisle he's like come on let's go i'm like no <laughs> but baseball hall of fame we had to go for all our vacations we're at the baseball hall of fame and my serious? dad would just stand there weeping but couldn't say i love you but would just cry like a bitch over babe ruth or some shit oh was well, your dad I, like that what was uh, your my dad, dad like? so my, well my dad my dad's emotion is connected to his dad so anything his dad loved sandy koufax mm-hmm. uh the dodgers um, my dad loves that because my dad lost his dad at a young age. So he he has put 
his father, I, I, rightfully so. I, I've never, I never met, got to meet the man. But the guys, I mean, the guy had a life that was like unimaginable. My dad said like he never saw him sleep. He, oh, the guy was working all the time. What did he, he do? He was. Uh, it's horrible. I think. I think he was a toy salesman. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but like, I thought you were gonna say something so much worse. No, we were like, it's horrible. He was a. He was a clan sympathizer. He stormed the beaches in Normandy. Um, oh. <laughs> it's funny. Right when wow. I when I when I met you, I had just moved to New York, and my dad had found his dad's diary from mm-hmm. World War II, and he was. We were reading. Uh, he had photocopied it and sent it to me, and I was reading his dad's diary at the time when he was. On, he was on the boat to take him over. I think it took him over to England. I don't even think they got off the boat. And mm-hmm. then they just went over to, to Normandy. I can't remember. I read the diary. But I remember reading in the diary, and I said this to Bill Maher, and he was like, that's not accurate. <laughs> I said, he literally was like, hey, we're going to a beach tomorrow or something. Like, we're, we're going to uh-huh. Omaha Beach. I don't, think, I don't think he knew how horrific it was going to be. And then, yeah. and then when he came back, he just he drank, sat in his garage, drank, smoked cigarettes, yeah. and had a stroke at like 42 yeah so, my but, grandparents uh, too everybody yeah. was yeah like emergency Wait, were you guys holocaust survivors um no but but that side of the family i mean not my grandparents but above everybody beyond that yes they would all they were all they they uh were wiped out but but then but like my grandfather also yeah deep yeah were you russian jew yeah russian polish jew i remember that yeah swarthy mediterranean <laughs> Not to be trusted, my friend. <laughs> my my husband, our first date, he came. All he knew about me. How insulting is this description? His buddy called him up and he goes, how would you like to meet a semi-famous Jewish jokester? Have you heard a less arousing expression? That and sounds he- like a merch shirt, in my opinion. <laughs> I fucking like, like it. By the way, I want to meet his friend who described you. I like that guy. <laughs> So it's like that sounds like a character from Fiddler on the Roof. Just Jewish disgusting jokester. Jewish jokester. Oh, that, that phrase alone should leave a man flaccid for weeks. <laughs> and then he came to the bar, this bar where we were supposed to meet, and just started speaking in uh, Yiddish. He was like, "Oi, Gavalt!" I like schlepped all the way over here. <laughs> he just like thought that that I didn't speak English. I think honestly, he just came and just said a series of like Yiddish phrases. But <laughs> that's. You- Funny. That, Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's funny that you were saying your dad's sentimental, um, or that your dad, you know, was so interested in like his own father and stuff like that, and then he was sentimental because I feel like you're really sentimental. Like I, I have, I'm, yes, I'm broken, but it's I'm really broken. But you're very sentimental. I could tell, like whenever I watch you and stuff, like it sounds like. Would you, do you think you got some of that from your dad? Just that kind of. I have. Uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, I think so. I think my dad was someone who, like you know definitely said he was proud of me said he loved me mm-hmm. i mean like he was one of those guys that was very full on with emotion yeah i called him today this bizarre that we're having this conversation but i i facetimed him this morning when i was about to work out and my mom answered and she goes he's not uh he's not taking phone calls he's he's he, he got really sick um mm-hmm. like got a cold the, the flu that's going around not mm-hmm. covid he's not co- doesn't have covid but he got that flu that's going around yeah and he's like really sick and i was like oh okay we'll tell him i'll talk to him later and then right before i worked out he called me and i have never seen this man look worse in his life and i got really sent i got really like oh shit yeah like i just his age for the first time you realize they're like fragility yeah, yeah. and you realize that a cold at 76 can be really serious and you're like fuck and I was yeah. like, oh, man, I think my dad knew that fragility his whole life. Like, I mm-hmm. think I'm a little oblivious to it. 
I think, but having a dad that cried and like he cried a few times, I've, but towards old, the older he is, he's gotten more close to crying. Mm-hmm. Like he's cried out of nowhere, like just out what of What makes nowhere. him cry? Uh, if I mean, I, I can make him cry very easily if I bring up his dad at all, at all. So he just loved his dad so much. Idolized him. Idolized him. I mean, I guess his dad was like a, was like a badass. He was mm-hmm. strikingly good looking. Um, and he was a great baseball player. Ladies and, man? Uh, could have been. My grandmother was a fucking smoke show. She was a piece, huh? Oh, and a real piece of work. <laughs> I mean, this woman, this woman was such a fucking, I mean, it was back, back in the day when you could just, you'd be like, ah, like she'd tell my, my sisters have a very different relationship. I had a very different relationship with her than I did. <laughs> she'd be like, you're getting fat. <laughs> you need to lose weight. No one's going to fall in love with you. No, the fat chick. <laughs> <laughs> so my sisters didn't have the same relationship but that's true with so many families of that generation they'd be like oh. the the father the, the sons would be like i was never more supported i think it was was DeRosa that told me that his um his grandmother said to him uh his his mother like that only whores travel like she took a trip and she was just called a godless whore my I think my grandma used to say that only whores carry suitcases or some shit like that. You know, like I'm like, yeah, like to her son, she was lovely. But yeah, this my dad's sister was like, no, she told me if I had a suitcase that I was like a godless whore for some reason. I'm I'm sorry, DeRosa. I'm sorry if I'm telling secrets, but I I hung out with (laughs) he makes me laugh. When he's not trying to be funny. I know. When he's not trying to be funny is my favorite <laughs> moment with Joe DeRosa. Because he... he was, he's deep Philly trash. Yeah. We're talking. <laughs> he knows we're, it. We went We went on uh, Mark Norman's bachelor party. We went out and had uh, drinks by ourselves. Just me and him and kind of caught yeah. up. And he said, you know, you know, Bert. Like, with his intensity. <laughs> I, I spent like a week with my family the other day. I, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some time with my family. And then I was like... We need to be in therapy. What the <laughs> fuck? He makes me laugh so fucking hard. He's so furious all the time. I love oh. him so much. He's so furious. God, that's I remember true. we went to Amsterdam once and he was like, we were all bombing. You know, we all went out there. Nobody understood us. We'd done stand up like three years. We didn't know how to do stand up in another oh. country. Joe was ranting about how there weren't enough like McDonald's or some just ludicrous fucking complaint, just some deep, ignorant American complaint. You know, we were all bombing back to back. And this one woman, he was bombing so bad that they couldn't find anything to cut to. So one, they just cut to this one woman drinking out of an empty glass. (laughs) That's how uncomfortable (laughs) everyone was. And then after the show, like you thinking that everybody was going to need some sort of gentle pep talk afterwards. And he was like, ah, you bombed. And I'm like, fuck you. He's like, ah, maybe he's like, you bombed worse. And I'm like, no, I didn't. But yeah, Joe just, He's just furious in a way that's so fun and satisfying. Oh. He doesn't need to tell you that things are going well with him. He's like, it's disgusting. Things oh. are awful. I sat down to it next to him at the bar and he goes, he goes, ah, I'm debating whether or not to have a drink. And I said, why? And he goes, I just got my, went back to the doctor. They, they said I have a fatty liver. I guess I quit drinking. I go, Joe, we all got fatty livers. He goes, you got one too? I go, yeah, we all have them. And he goes, for real? I said, yeah, let's have a drink. He goes, all right, good. As long as you've got it. <laughs> That's oh. all I need to for any bad decision. Just the lightest bit of like co-signing. And I'm like, ah, man. I am. I'm going to be drinking. I'm going to start drinking pretty early tonight. I think. Would you, would you, how was, what was it? What was parenting like when it came to like, uh, like the OJ trial or the, the, the riots in Compton during, uh, like during, uh, the Re- Reginald Denny or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what, what was, what were your parents like? Were they, how did they, cause my parenting, my dad's parenting, like for instance, uh, 
the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. I came in and I was going to be this like uh, uh, peace loving liberal hippie. And I was like, this is fucking horrible. We need to get rid of this president. This war is ridiculous. And my dad's like, you're a fucking idiot. Go to your room until you realize why you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then I sat in my room. I was 17 years old, probably 16 years old. And I didn't know why I was an idiot. And I came downstairs. It was, it was, it was right after school. My dad was home and it was right after school. And I said, I don't, I'm not really certain why I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he sent me to my room. I thought you would be on the side against war. And he goes, no, 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 no. This man is a dictator and he's killing half of his people. We, he goes, we are going in to save the people that he is, he is literally gassing right now. And he goes, and secondly, this is the first time in my lifetime and in yours that you will be able to see a war start. We're watching the beginning of the war. It's starting right now. And he goes, sit down with me. Let's watch this and let's see if we can learn something. And I was like, huh, I am so not that dad. I'm such a shitty dad. Like, You're not as no, shitty No, but dad. I'm not I'm not as good as my dad was because my dad would like that. And I wonder like- He would explain things, really explain and- Yeah, and, but I was always wrong. That was the other thing is I was always <laughs> yeah, wrong. Like yeah. no matter what my opinion was, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I'm, yeah. I don't like take big stand opinions <laughs> on podcasts. Like, yeah. you know, like I go, because I, I just was raised, I was always wrong. But yeah. what was like, when you had like a civil rights attorney father, what was that like when- like, what was the conversation like in the house when the OJ verdict came in or, or when? I mean, my mom is like, she's so, she has so much white guilt that it's, it gets to a point where it's almost racist. Like, she's just like anybody that's either beige, it's beige or darker premise. is immediately excused. No, I haven't that's said that. fucking great. No. That's a great line. But yeah, I mean, she'll be like, straight. yeah, because it's like, I'll have a small exchange with somebody. And I remember she visited me in New York and like, I was arguing with this cab driver because he was taking us like a ludicrously long way. And I was like, no, you got to go through it. And I'm just talking to him directly. The way we speak yeah. in New York, people yeah. can tell out here that they're like immediately like, are you from New York? Because I'm just, I sound so jarring, but like I was just being direct with them. And my mom was like, remember, you know, there's a long legacy of white women, you know, telling African men of color what, where they should be. I'm like, what, where to take a fucking left? Like you're putting race into this. Yeah. We're just two people, you know, like, and she's just like, well, you know, tread lightly, systematic racism. You know, I love, and that's your, my mom, I love so. your mom. It's a lot, you know, like I have to build a fucking case to like be, I'm the same way. My reality was always undermined because I need to just go and sympathize. I have to see somebody's entire life story. Like, yeah. you know, and that's what I do now. Like I, like every guy I dated was always just like, like an emergency alcoholic that I just would try to just, you know, hold him and help him and listen. And like when my mom, like if anybody has like an intense or sad story, she's just all, you know, she loves pain and she loves darkness, but everybody else is excused because you don't know what he went through, Rachel Louise, you know? So it's like a little frustrating. I mean, it'd be enraging, but that's my mom. My dad is, you know, he had a, he was this Jewish guy with a black partner working out of Department of Justice, DOJ. When we were before we were born, he would go to the South and he would try to reinforce um, Brown versus Board of Education laws because basically it wasn't really integrated in the 70s. And so he would yeah. go there and make sure that these schools were really integrated and they would just they prosecuted wow. Klan members. Um, really? Yeah. A lot of cross burnings. And it was just him, this Jewish guy, Howie Feinstein with his black partner. And they would go sit in, and they would do stuff to them. He says, like, when he would go into these schools, they would make him sit on like a little baby chair. He would go ask for some, you know, books or documents that he was legally allowed to ask for because he was there through the, you know, federal government. 
and they would be like, oh, sure, Mr. Feinstein, we'll get you your papers. And then he would they would put them on like a fucking, you know, a that, toddler's that's scary, chair. too. That was a scary time to do that because it I mean, was, th- there was yeah. I remember getting pulled over in uh, in in Athens, Georgia, when I was in college and the cop took my driver's license mm-hmm. and he goes, all right, you're from here, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, I'm out if I search that car. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I definitely I was raised. You do not have drugs or you don't drink and drive like I was. That's how I was raised. And uh, so I was like, yeah. And then my friend with me was like, he's not allowed to search our car. And I was like, I was like, I don't think I have a fucking right. And they're like, no, you can tell him no. And I said, uh, I said, do you need a, a warrant or something? And he goes, nope. Everybody out of the car. And then he just didn't like us. And he took my license. He goes, I'll keep this. Do you want it? He took your fucking license. He took license? my license. He goes, I'll keep this. If you want it, come down to the uh, come down to the the jail, whatever the sheriff's office, and come pick it up. Did you? I was like, no. I. I think that TV just turned on Halston. I didn't. I just lost that license. I lost that yeah. license. I lost the license. I had to go get a new. Yeah. It was an inconvenience. I had to decide to go get a new license. And then we found out that they <laughs> did licenses in Live Oak in a. Uh, in you got a, a fake one? We got uh, in Live Oak, in <laughs> Live Oak, Florida. It's Live Oak is right where. It's too specific, but it's right where you take a left to go to Florida State. Yeah. Take a right, you go to Jacksonville, you take a left, you go to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And Live Oak was doing driver driver's license is out of a um uh uh trailer. A, a trailer. That's their DMV was out of a trailer and it was fucking one, amazing. One person and my and my buddy was like, Oh yeah, they don't have like a computer or anything. They just make driver's license. That's how they do their driver's license. Mm-hmm. So we went in and they would all it was all I think p- submitted paperwork back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh we were like, they're like, just write your age down. And you're like, 21. <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know, everyone's driving to fucking Live Oak to get their driver's license. <laughs> I feel like you know how to get anything done in any town. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, Florida was an interesting place to grow up. Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are here to help you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December and save 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash Bert. I fucking love manscaped it's one-stop shopping for all your holiday needs they've got the perfect gift in the platinum package 4.0 plus loads of little presents for perfect stocking stuffers i'm telling you right now this is where you need to go if you want to i i i swear by their shampoo and their body wash i love those two products and they i that we have them on tour we use them when we go on on the road we have them in the bus and i have them home i love them shampoos body washes downstairs deodorants gels exfoliants they have absolutely everything you need to keep it clean and i'm telling you right now the shears 2.0 is their full kit for nail care with scissors tweezers clippers and a file for the traveling man Uh, you need if you fly you need to have one of these in your bag the crown jewel for their family jewels is the lawnmower 4.0 electric shaver with advanced skin safe technology it is a life changer and it is known for reducing necks and not cutting Santa's sack. I'm telling you, if you trim your balls, this is the thing you need. Save 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash Bert. That's right. 
20% off plus free shipping. This is a great gift by going to manscaped.com slash Burt Manscaped, a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. If you're 21 and over and you dip or chew tobacco pouches or long cut, you have to try this tobacco alternative, Black Buffalo Zero. Black Buffalo Zero is everything you love about dipping, the feel, the taste, the ritual, just without the actual tobacco leaf stem or nicotine. The product is actually made from cabbage leaves. You need to try this stuff to believe just how similar it tastes and feels to traditional chewing tobacco. They make a variety of flavors like wintergreen, mint, straight peach, even blood orange. And if you're still seeking that calming burn from your dip, you can check out their regular product line too. Black Buffalo's founders looked high and low for tobacco alternatives across the U.S. and even overseas, but nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high quality they were looking for. So they decided, let's make our own. Plus, Black Buffalo's proudly manufactures their products here in the USA. You can, of course, get Black Buffalo at blackbuffalo.com. But they also are now in stores across the country. If you want to find a store near you, go to blackbuffalo.com and click on stores. I love the ritual of chewing tobacco. I love the smell of chewing tobacco. I just don't want to chew tobacco. That's my problem. Their Black Buffalo Zero is awesome for the time where you want to have a dip in the bus but not start dipping again. Are you ready to keep the ritual but dish the tobacco? If so, and you're 21, it's time to get with Black Buffalo Zero. It's everything you love about dipping and nothing you don't. Head to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code BIRD at checkout for 15% off your first order. That is the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code BIRD for 15% off your first order for the last time. That's promo code BIRD for 15% off your order warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Do you feel like you're more a New Yorker than a Marylander? Yes, I felt like I was moving home when I moved to New York. For really? Sure. Yeah, I felt like, like, I think also because I hated school and when I even, um, I just was doing so badly. And so even now having with my daughter, like, I mean, she's only two, but like when I even go into a school or smell a school, I'm like, I don't want to go back there. You know, like I yeah. have to remember to like shed all my own memories of school was just where I was constantly oh. reminded that I was like a wild emergency moron. So I was so happy to get away from school. I was just like, by the way, when I moved to New York with Dick's sister, my mom had like no follow-up questions. Really? Yeah. Speaking of which, cause you were asking me about the liberal, like she yeah. was just outside in like a dashiki, like fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, it's not okay. Yeah. She's like strong women rock. I'm like, no mom. You, yeah. Like, and again, because I, well, no, it's so funny. Cause as I was telling Leanne in there, I was like, wait, you're, you were George's age. My oldest daughter, my oldest daughter, you were George's age when you moved to New York. Yes, I was 17, I think. Yeah, you were yes. younger than George. You were yeah. Isla's age. Like, Isla's 16, but... I love the name Isla. We were going to name Frankie. We ended up naming her Frankie because my... I love the name yeah. Frankie. But uh, I love, I love Frankie. Isla's beautiful. Yeah. We, uh, I didn't pick any of the names for the girls. Leanne did. Leanne had an aunt, Isla, who was an alcoholic and was hilarious. And, <laughs> was she? Yeah. and uh, Awesome name. It's like a true broads name, but it's also lovely. I love oh, the name and there And it's the same... She was a very spirited woman in the you know 70s and 80s very like which when in the rural south where it was not welcomed and uh one night i wasn't there it's the only time isla's ever been spanked uh she was in mm -hmm. she was in alabama at the lake with everyone and she was in her bathing suit she was little and she was jumping on the couch in her bathing suit and her aunts leanne's aunts are like isla grace you get off that couch right now. And she did. Isla Grace, you're wet in that bathing suit. You get off that couch right now. And then Leanne's like, Isla, Isla, you will not disrespect their furniture. And Isla jumped off 
looked at them, turned around, went and spit on the couch. Spit on the couch? I fucking love her. God bless her. I was like, I wasn't there. And and so Leanne spanked her. And and I guess in front of everyone, she spanked her. How old her. was she? She's a know. hero. She had to be. It's fucking marvelous. She had to be like four or five. Oh, fantastic. And so she and so when I got there, Isla told me she had been spanked. And I said, and I was like, I was livid because I I never hit the girls. Yeah. And Leanne's like, I had to do it. She goes, I had to. I I there was she goes, I was part of me respected it so much that she did that she had this backbone to do that. Yeah. The other part of me was like I in front of all these rednecks, I couldn't not spank her. Everyone got hit. Leanne right, right, Leanne's right. whole life she got hit. And so she spanked her. Only time I was ever been spanked. Spit on a couch, fucking amazing. I mean, if there's a time for a oh. nice spit, that, that would probably hit the spot. Having a kid <laughs> is the funnest. Are you gonna? Didn't you have any more kids, or you think you're just gonna? I want? can't, but I think like I mean, I he he. I had my husband um get a vasectomy because I like I had two miscarriages after my daughter, but I um I didn't expect how realize how funny it was gonna be. It's funny every day. It's funny. Oh, it's, it's hilarious, right? It's so. Blast. It's like it's like nobody, nobody in any way explained that to me. I think I had so much fear just because I didn't know how I was going to like navigate it. I mean, I still do. Like how I'm going to figure this out as she starts school, and yeah, you know, especially because he's at the firehouse like half the week and everything. But like, so I do have a lot of fear about how I'll make it all work, you know. Um, but I didn't expect. And wasn't prepared for how hilarious it is that you just make this person and they walk into your room every night and like say all sorts of like ludicrous things. Uh, it's so fun. It was the it's the yeah. it's it, the only part that sucks, and I'm having a hard time with this is when they leave. I was texting with Chad Daniels, and you know Chad Daniels. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's one of my people I love watching. I just yeah. think he's a, a brilliant. His comic. his yeah. oldest is in college, and he was texting, and he was like, "It's really hard, man." Somebody told me that recently, Bert. Somebody was like, and then when she leaves, I was like. What do you mean leaves? It really didn't yeah. even begin to emotionally even consider that that was going to happen. I'm like, how do you make this person? And then she goes somewhere. I, I can't even begin to approach even the thought of that. Oh, you know? it's it was devastating. It was I was devastating because this house. I mean, we, you know, we built this house and it was so full of life. This last summer, mm -hmm. this last summer, this house was so thriving with life. I mean, because her, her and her like four best friends spent the night here every single night so every morning they'd i mean it was like don't pull up the fuck this is me dropping george off it oh <laughs> yeah it also seems like you're able to have like fun with them like when i watch oh. clips of like your guy family stuff on your social media it always seems like uh the, oh the, my god so cute the um the, the they i have a fucking blast with them and that's yeah. the other thing that sucks is like like yeah, I mean, I can't tell you, I cannot, I can't verbalize how much fun having a child is, but you, when you see it, the things that you'll love, like the little, little, little moments when, like I look back and I go, because Isla and Georgia, I was saying to Leanne, Georgia was like my writing partner, because Georgia, Isla's a fucking lunatic. I mean, she was a, she was a different, she is a different <laughs> She's human being. She on the couch, I love she, her. She is. <laughs> Georgia would come and grab me and go, "Hey, you gotta see what she's doing, Dad." <laughs> I remember one time she was on. We bought a trampoline, and she was on the trampoline. It was raining, and she was meditating in the rain in the trampoline. She was like, 
seven years old, eight years old. And I walked out and I go, what the fuck is she doing? George is like, she's been there for like 20 minutes. Dad. <laughs> she goes, I've just been watching her. She hasn't fucking blinked. She's, I don't even know if she's breathing. She was just such a unique child. And, and, and Georgia was such a, I, I was saying this to Leanne last night. We were talking about him. I said, I feel like I, I like as Georgia would, I, I mean, it was, it was so much fun. Georgia's a, a lot like me. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I think everyone thinks Isla and I are like, Isla and I are partners in crime. Like mm-hmm. we get into trouble together, but Georgia was like my buddy. So is Isla more extroverted and Georgia more, is she more internal? Like no, what's oddly enough, types? I kind of fucked up because I made, I, you know, obviously I, I wouldn't change anything, but I talked so heavily about my kids and my specials that mm-hmm. I made them famous. And I think that was not a super wise decision mm-hmm. because I didn't give them, anonymity is so valuable Mm. to especially when you're a kid to not have a spotlight Mm. on you and or not have people to be at lunch and have people going that's that's the girl that's the girl and it's not not like i painted them in like the kindest light i'd call them fucking window licking ninnies like (laughs) window licking ninnies (laughs) yeah but like like i I used to just i used to make fun of them (laughs) nonstop because they were fun to make they were fun yeah and so i think for isla she has become very introverted Mm-hmm. Um, as the older she's gotten, Georgia just wants her privacy. Georgia's very extroverted. She's at college right now, and she was like, "I don't." Uh, she didn't want. She technically didn't want me dropping her off at college because she didn't want people to see me and then know that she was that Georgia. Right. And so, right. so there was there were a few issues that happened that first week of like mm-hmm. boys finding out who she was and then being like, "Oh shit." Your dad's yeah. a machine. Oh, we got a fucking party with you. And Georgia is not. She's like, you're dead to me. Like this yeah. girl, this young lady went up to him at, at a football game, I guess, and was like, hey, are you Georgia Chrysler? And Georgia goes, no. And she goes, you're not? And she goes, no. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> do you know Grant, this person? And Georgia yeah. goes, yeah. She goes, how do you know her? And she goes, we grew up together. And she goes, are you sure you're not Georgia? And Georgia goes, I'm Georgia. Who are you? And the girl's like, I'm her mom told me to reach out and try to find you, but what the fuck? And I go, Georgia, you got like, she just is so guarded. Yeah. That's so tricky. That's weird. It's, it's like, fun. how do you do it? Like, even like with Pete's job, like Pete's going to be chief soon. So there's all kinds of ways I have to worry about exposing him too. Cause oh, yeah. I, cause he's, you know, he's like, uh, he's captain now, but he's going to be like, when he's a chief, it becomes like a little political in New York. And here I am just telling I mean, I'm just an animal and say, God knows what about him and, and everybody, you know, yeah. like I go and I have to go on and he's like, good, a good story is a good story. Yeah, it's a good tale. Yeah. But I feel like there are some perks to it, too. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to make the right decisions. I'm, I already I have so much guilt just with every little thing that I ever do with my kids. So, really? I mean, at a certain point, you just are you to- like a helicopter parent? Um, no, it's just that like, I, oh, I'm home half the week. I'm a single mom half the week when he's at the firehouse overnight. And then I go on the road for a couple of days and then I'm just like. You know, I have terrible guilt about I want to, you know, be able to get to the point where I like can bring a nanny and, ha- you know what I mean? Yeah. But it just I overthink how it's going to everything is going to impact her. So yeah. I feel like the fact that we think about it at all is is good. way more you than know? our parents. Yeah. Did. Yeah. My mom said like proudly to me once she goes, we never had a single discussion about how we raised you. We didn't talk about stuff like that. We thought that was a little funny. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. She was a therapist and she would tell me like everything about her patients. Like she, my mom would pick me up from I my friend's house. That. I would love that. It's not okay at I all. I would love that. Fuck. I would love that. I would love that. I mean, shit oh. that I'm like, and then she tries to like d- deny it now. I'm like, 
I'm like, she picked me up from a play date once and she was like, you know, Sharon Weisman uh, was <laughs> raped. And I think that it ruined her sex life with Roger. And he blamed himself for not being able to protect her. So, you know, what are you going to do? They got a divorce because um, he just wasn't able to be sensual and kind of in control the way he, I'm like, I'm in the sixth fucking grade. You're psychotic. I fucking love your And mom. then I say to my mom now, I'm like, mom, why did you tell me that where Sharon Weissman was raped <laughs> and that it ruined her sex life with Roger and then that he had a second wife and she goes, I mean, she would tell me that all the sexual details about her friend's sex, yeah. and the most insane shit. She'd be like, and then he remarried a woman who has breast implants, which means you're clinically depressed, like the weirdest shit <laughs> come out of her mouth. She would just come into the room with like kitchen gloves and be like, people that have breast implants are clinically depressed. Oh. Republicans have a lot of anger and they're not to be just one rogue sentence that was just not okay. I would love your mom. And then she's like, I'm like, mom, how else would I have known that? I don't think I said that, but if you want to put it in your talent show, go ahead. I'm like, how the fuck else would I have known? You told me where she was raped. I was in the sixth grade. What the fuck? Always just the most inappropriate, insane shit. I don't think I did it, but if that's fun for your sketch, go ahead. I'm like, well, did she remarry? And and then she was like, and she remarried this marvelous man, Sunder, because she loves to say an ethnic name. And he opened her up, though, in other sexual ways. Yeah. And he was marvelous in the sack with her. So she moved on. But it was just such a shame that that sort of trauma led to their divorce. Anyway, would you like a fruit roll up? I'm fucking 11. What the fuck? I. I fucking love your mom. I love your mom. Karen that, is a lot. I would get a guy. If Karen was here, she would just kind of zoom in and just, you know, she wants to get to the bottom of all of it. <laughs> she would want to rock out your pain with you and like hold you, you know? Uh, my, my mom, uh, my mom was adversely like was a teacher. So she, I, I, it's funny in having kids, I had listened so many times to my mom say that the parents weren't listening to her advice mm-hmm. and my mom was like really i mean this kid is is uh there's something off with this kid and I, pulled, <laughs> I pulled the parents aside and i told them and then they don't never listen so because i had heard my mom say that the parents never listened so much that when we are got our kids in school i put all the value on the teacher and was like the teachers know everything i'm always wrong like because because mm-hmm. i heard my mom say it so often yeah and i was like my mom's like i don't have any vested interest in this kids success like i'm not making money off them i'm telling what's wrong with them and so so uh i was like i was very and my mom was like gangster because she uh she accredited schools what Uh, does that mean i don't i was just gonna pretend like i understood you but i don't want to pretend to be smarter than i am either i was hoping you want to ask i i i think she's like the late i think i think she goes in and she evaluates a school yeah and then if that school is up to par, it gets nationally accredited. And then I think once your school's been accredited. Is it put on like a special list or something? What's it by accredited schools? What is that? Also, say? am I sitting in the right place? No, yeah, you're Someone fine. tell me if I need to be moved. Um, okay. Go to the go to the drop down one. What does it mean by accredited Oh, does it school? mean like it's put made to be important? Like it's put on like a special important yeah. list? <laughs> it's, 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 it means that you like have a legit school. I think you can get yeah. funding. I think you can get... Um, the Department of Education maintains a database of accredited agencies it recognizes. So my mom accredited was the person that walked in. I'm sure there's other people, but mm-hmm. one of the people in Florida that would nationally accredit accredit a school. And so when we got Georgia and Isla into like a preschool, my mm-hmm. mom was like a gangster. We got one we couldn't even afford, I think. 
but they wanted to have my mom come in and take a look at them. And so my mom went in and kind Aww, of about, was like, yeah, your awesome. door handles are a little low. <laughs> it was like, like, that's the kind of thing I think that they look at when they accredit a school is like the weirdest things. Like, the oh, toilet, like certain zone certain, safety. Yeah, certain stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, wait, two years old. When do they start the preschool? She's in a little Spanish daycare now. And like, here's the thing. Spanish I'm so not, yeah, she only speaks Spanish um, <laughs> at school. And my, my husband's, my mother-in-law is Colombian. So neither of us speak Spanish, but our daughter is fluent. I didn't realize how funny that was going to be. She also comes into our room in the middle of the night and she'll go. And like when I piss her off, like the other day she was getting mad at me because um, she wanted me to put stars in the sky during the day. And she just thought like I want, she thinks the sky is like a screen where you yeah. can watch things, you know, and she's like, stars, mama, stars, mama. You know, I'm like, I can't do that. That's awesome. <laughs> she's got the Spanish accent. Yes. And then oh she, my God, she's fucking perfect for your act. She's a little Colombian Jew. And then she goes, ay, 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 mama. <laughs> also, what Spanish speaking person says, ay, ay, ay? It's like a racist impression of a Spanish speaking person. Mama. She goes, ay, 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 estrellasa. <laughs> she was like pointing at this guy. And then she goes, ah, she had just like had it with me and she walked oh. away. She also thinks when a plane goes through the sky and then and she looks up at me when it, she can't see it anymore. And she's like, you know, fix it. You know, like she's like, put it back in the sky. Like, I, I want to watch that again. You know, and she goes, is it broken? It's broken. Ay, yeah, yeah. Make it back. I she thinks it. that, yeah, that it's just a little picture and it's broken. I could put the plane back in the middle where it's more interesting visually or some shit. You God. know, who took better to parenting you or your husband? I think that he is um, like a deep moron in a lot of ways. Like he uh, <laughs> like right now, I just like FaceTime them. I'm like, she's whenever I'm not there, he dresses her like Steve Jobs. I'm like, I don't even know where. He's all, she's always in like a black turtleneck that I didn't know that we owned. <laughs> I'm like, what is she wearing? It'll be like in the summer and I'll have her like, so he's really dumb in certain ways, like emergency dumb. Yeah. And he, like he, when she was like six months, he wanted to put her on the swing, the regular swing. I'm like, he can't do that. She would immediately <laughs> die if we didn't have this discussion. Yeah. But so he's real dumb in certain ways, but then he's much less lazy than I am. Cause so he takes her to the park every day. Like, I don't like parks. Like they, oh. they bore me. I, don't I used to. I used to, I've never wished instant death on myself except for when I had to read a book to my daughters. I wanted to be struck by lightning. I could not fucking do that. When <laughs> really? So I fucking hated it. What did it. you hate about books? It's so interesting. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would, it would make my skin crawl because they'd sit in your lap and you'd go to read them a book and Leanne could do it forever. My sister, do, yeah. Annie, could do it forever. I would do it and immediately I would, I started I started doing this one thing cuz I I'm also a bad reader. Mm -hmm. I would do Sam Kinison impressions while reading the book. <laughs> so I would go like uh baby beluga in the deep blue sea. Oh shit, here comes the Japs. They're coming after him. They're going to kill him. The dive beluga dive. And so I would do I would do these impressions of Sam Kinison would and the girls would laugh hysterically. So then one time I was in kindergarten and she was like, they were like, Hey, can you have daddy read to the class? And so Leanne's like, Isla wants you to read to the class. And so I was like, Okay. And I would curse. I'd be like, This motherfucker. Really? Oh, in yeah. front of her class? Oh, no, no, in front of Isla. Oh. <laughs> so so she, I sit down, I open the book, and I start to read the book. All their there's parents in the back of the room, yeah. all the kids are around me. And Isla's up front, like like looking at me. She's like, Hey. You're bombing. What are you doing? I said, What? And she goes, Do it with daddy words. And I go, Oh, baby, I can't. She goes, Dad, hold on. He'll do it. I told everyone about how good you are at reading books, Dad. Do it the way you do it. So Did I was you? like, Fucking son of a bitch. 
So I did Baby Beluga to them. <laughs> and I did, I used to do the Nishimaru was the name of the Japanese, the Japanese hunt, whale hunting vessel. And <laughs> I would have them chasing Baby Beluga and I'd be like, Don, he's chasing his own blood. Oh, this isn't fair. He's just a baby beluga. <laughs> And Isla would cry. They were crying, laughing. And some of the parents yeah. in the back were like, my wife's like, he's a comedian. He's uh, he's doing an impression of Sam Kennison. And, and, and Isla was like, use a daddy word. And I was like, Isla, I can't. can't <laughs> yeah, but I, I I could never, I was never good at reading. I was good How at- How parks? Did you like parks? I hate parks. I feel love, like archaic love, boredom in parks. Like, loved did, parks. Really? I loved errands with the girls. I loved doing an errand. That's what Pete does, see? Oh. He takes her to Costco every day. Loves Costco. Oh, my, my yeah. favorite memory, one of my favorite memories in the fucking world is uh, going to Ralph's with my daughters uh, around. So I my, I would plan my activities based around like, like Leanne worked all the time. She worked at yeah. a, um, she ran our apartment building. So we got free rent. I love that fucking place. I never mm. wanted to leave. We got free rent. And so, but she would get off around like five o'clock. So around, four we would go four or five we'd go to ralph's up on mm -hmm. uh la brea and third and we would go shopping for dinner that night and then we'd bring it home and then we'd make dinner for leanne open a bottle of wine if we had nannies at the time mm -hmm. we'd, we went through three nannies they were all really close friends mm -hmm. they were all really close with us and they were fucking awesome they were really like the three of the coolest chicks ever and they were all friends so they would come over on monday nights we'd watch monday night football with them what are because I came in on Monday. So they were yeah. there on Monday. I'd sleep. I'd wake up. We'd all go to Ralph's, watch Monday Night Football. And one of my favorite memories ever, ever, was when they had hot bread. They'd deliver hot bread on Monday night at mm -hmm. Ralph's from the La Brea Bakery. And the girls would each get a loaf of hot bread and just dig the center out of the bread. Eat a fucking loaf of bread by themselves. I'd get butter. We'd shove butter. We're walking through Ralph's and then with butter shoved into it and Isla's hands covered in butter, covered in bread. The most horrific parenting ever. But running errands with those girls was the funnest fucking shit. I think also it's easier for, for like men because like for me to wrangle a two-year-old is so exhausting even physically, you know, like yeah. to get her in the car seat. For him, it's just like he's a big dude. He just puts her up and he brings her to Costco and it delights him. Oh, so yeah. He, he brings her everywhere. But for me, that's much harder to like manage. But I don't know what it is with guys and um, grocery shopping. Like if I want something for my husband for him to do anything, emotionally he's worthless, like a desert. doesn't know how to like compliment, like nothing. But if I want something from him, I ask him about groceries. I'll be like, what did you get at Costco? Ooh. how was it what did you what you know how did it taste did frankie eat any of it you know that's what he wants to talk about fucking costco and what he buys there oh, and what I he ate today husband. he wants to talk about food and what he ate you know yeah couldn't give a fuck about like what i'm doing out here tonight won't remember you know but he'll be like oh got some fucking solid things at costco today like that's it you know like <laughs> I mean, I came out here once to shoot. It was like one of those half hours Netflix special things. Yeah. P came with me, never been to LA before. Really? And how old's your husband? He's a 41, never been to LA. Um, I'm like trying to explain to him that this is kind of a day for me, but he wants to get back to the hotel and like snack, you know? He said he was going to do a fireman's review of green rooms um, because he wants to know what snacks they have. He was going to write a book about this. I'm like, there's a real supply and demand issue. <laughs> no one needs. A fireman to review a green room. Who the fuck could... I can't think of a single person that would want that book. And so all he wants to talk about is the snacks. Couldn't give a shit, you know, about like what I'm doing up there. Yeah. You know, like like when we first met, 
one of our first <laughs> trips we went on, um, I was opening for Amy in New Orleans. So we, we go on this, you know, private jet. I'm still a complete dick. So when I'm on a private jet, I'm like taking selfies. I'm a deep moron. I'm still it's like, I, I'm if you put me yeah. on a private jet, even yeah. when I pay for them, they're fucking, I'm taking selfies like crazy. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah fucking, I'm, it's the funnest fucking thing yeah. in the fucking world. Yeah, I'm not going to be cool about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to be cool about it. I, and by the way, I'm, well, no, keep going. I'm keep going. I'm fucking, we were talking about private jets yesterday because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. doing a moratorium. I'm no more private jets because I just, it's it's such a tremendous waste of money. But it's man, ridiculous, it makes, but still, it makes it's fun. so yeah. much fucking fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's, a, and so like, I'm like thinking whenever I'm like, I, okay, so I invite him. The, my friends all called him backdraft. They just thought they were never going to see him again. So like, you want to bring backdrafts on this, whatever uh, for the weekend. So I bring him, um, we go, I open for New Orleans. He goes on this jet and comes back home the next week. He tells me, um, they had, they do Christmas later. Cause he was working on Christmas at the firehouse. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to take you to meet my family. And so I'm thinking they've heard all about this shit, Bert, right? He went a private jet, you know, he met Schumer. He went to New Orleans oh, yeah. and did this yeah, show, yeah, wherever, yeah, yeah. you know? So, so, and I don't, you know, I'm like trying to impress this fucking totally opposite from my family, just like, you know, working class Christian family. So I buy so many presents and I'm so, I think, oh, they, they heard all about me and what I do and everything. We get there. The whole family is just like blinking. I'm like, <laughs> I found out later didn't fucking tell them that he was bringing anyone at all, okay? I so I come with guy. like 60 presents for the whole family trying so hard, okay? And so I go over there and I'm like sitting with everybody and then I'm like, so last week when we were in New Orleans and they're like, you know, where'd you go? Like, he hadn't mentioned any Are of this, you, you know? And they were like, he did say that you guys went out for artisanal pizza though. Like, cause he just thinks about the food. That's what he's thinking about. Like the <laughs> snacks that he had. I'm like, you didn't mention this to anyone? You didn't like, mention the fucking G5? No, none of that. And like, and after my special, so I'm going to shoot the special. You know how you do that dumb, like walk that you have to do from outside onto the stage? They'll yeah. do that weird shot as if we just yeah. walked out from the street or some horse shit. Yeah. So we walk, we walk through the crowd and go right on the stage, but it's like a line. They're shooting like a bunch of specials in a row. I don't have any choice. I have to do this shot. I tape yeah. the special. I get off stage. Pete's like, come on, you don't need that crap. Let's get back to the hotel. Like, I got fucking <laughs> awesome snacks. I brought stuff from Costco from home, you know? And I'm like, no, I have to do this shot. And you should kind of think this is a big deal. Like, he's never gazing over at me like, what she does. No, he yeah. just wants me home so we can do some feeding, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I have to do this, this shot, you know? So then, all, but he's used to being the boss, Bert, because he's the boss at his firehouse. Oh. So then I walk away. I'm like, there's not a choice. And then he looks over the other comics, like, lists, and everybody goes, come on. They all look weird doing that thing. You don't need to do that crap. That's not how you do it anyway, you know? And I'm like, I have to. I'm yeah. not, it's, I'm not producing this. Yeah. So I walk away from him and I walk back. Pete has his arm around one of the directors. I think it was like, one of like Robbie Praz, like uh, one of those guys that used to wear in Montreal and other at Netflix. Anyway, yeah. Pete has his arm around him. I'm like, what in God's name could he possibly be instructing this man about? He's fucking shooting. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You know? And he's like, listen, she doesn't need to do this. Maybe we can work something out. Work something. You just slip him a 20, you dick. And I'm like, I have to do this shot. But then I was like, I'm sorry. He doesn't know. He's never been to LA. He's a fireman. And yeah. And, but that always trumps everything. So he never really has to learn anything, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, no, none of that was okay, you know? But just has no respect, doesn't give a shit about oh, any of it. Just there's something, about, though, yeah. about, like, guys like that that is, I, that is like, it's, like, almost like a throwback guy to yeah. way the way men used to be. I'm sure there's probably t more men like that than not. But in our business, we're all so... 
I, I, narcissistic is the wrong word because it's got such a negative connotation. But I'm, I'm like a soft narcissist where yeah, like I'm, I'm very sensitive. Sure. Yeah. And I'm very like, I'm very pleasing. And I want to like, I wish I could be, I remember Leanne was telling me about going on a road trip with her grandfather. He was like a man's man. Mm -hmm. And he would uh, pull over anytime he saw a cow and uh, get out and talk to the farmer and just be like, hey, good looking cow. And they just talk. And I was like, I was like, oh, I wish I was that kind of man. Like, That's I don't. That's how my husband is. Yeah. He has all the small talk that I don't want to have on the road. And he loves those conversations. Yeah. Like, he's like, got oh, the weather over here versus over there. He'll make the same <laughs> joke 50 fucking times. Be like, great. And before we had a kid, he'd be like, great thing is you can give him back, you know? And he'll call and doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks or says after he leaves. I mean, it's a quality I, I want so I, bad. I wish I cared. But he does walk around like horrifying people sometimes. Like, I'll meet, I'll introduce <laughs> him to somebody. And he's like, Stan, great conversation. Lovely to talk to. You're a solid man, Stan. And I'll be like, his name is Ron. Is that, that guy's name is Ron. And I'll be like, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Like, he doesn't need to go back and even say, like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Just doesn't even occur to him. What does he, oblivious. what does he, what comics does he like? Does he like any comics? He would like. Like Colin Quinn, I think he'd like. He loves Bill Burr. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, he's not like. It's interesting because like he doesn't he's not like big into stand up, like researching stand up, but he would like, you know, all the expected people that yeah. you would think like, you know, kind of like man's man type of comics. And um, you guys would get on very well, I'm sure. But like he when I come in at home, sometimes he'll be watching like old Key and Peele, you know, episodes or some shit laughing yeah. hysterically. I never I, but, I slept on how good Kim Peel was. It's really hilarious. It really is hilarious. It does annoy me that he doesn't ever seem to want to watch anything I do. He's like, ah, that's good right there. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, should we watch my special one day? Like, you know, it's so sad. I'm like, maybe we could. He's like, no, I saw it the night you did it when we had to, you know, stay too long. We watch yeah. it again. He's like, oh, it's unnecessary. You know, it's very not like not a tremendous amount of curiosity about anything i'm doing but accidentally supportive because he like likes the life because he likes the snacks pretty much oh, i fucking gotta <laughs> meet this guy i gotta meet him i've got to the holidays are here achieved gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged tender and delicious omaha steaks the steak experts at omaha steaks have put together a special curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of the gifting so you can make the holidays the time where you shine as a hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off. Am I reading this right? 50% off site-wide, plus use the code BIRD at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. This is amazing. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites like guaranteed to impress, like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So shop early and beat the shipping rush. Do it right now. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BERT at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. I'm telling you right now, my grandma used to send these to me all the time when I was in New York. I loved nothing more than opening up Omaha Steaks and seeing I had four fillets. I had eight burgers. I had Franks. The Franks are to die for. Visit omahasteaks.com. 50% off site-wide. Plus, use the promo code BERT at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required.
God, it's a guy. It's what's so funny because it's like I I always think like a good comic can paint can tell you a story so that you wish you were there, kind mm-hmm. of like you know like I sometimes when you hang out with non comics that you they tell you a story and you're just like like it sound I thought it was gonna be funner than it sounded like <laughs> my assistant he'll yeah. like he'll tell you a story about him and his buddies gro- growing up and then you want to be there it's Buffalo and then but you know Pete's not like a natural storyteller so yeah, then he'll just yeah. kind of like meandering out immediately I'm listening to your fucking life going like going like you got this hilarious fucking Latino child with the Jewish hints of Jew- <laughs> Judaism in it. A fire, like it just. But it's like I'm sitting here going, like, I want to hang out with them. I want to meet your family. God, he, I want to get drunk. You. I want to yeah. get drunk with your bro- husband. He definitely likes all the same things you like. Yeah, I mean, but it was funny because, like, definitely. I mean, we, yeah, we couldn't be more different. But and and I, he, even though he infuriates me. I do wish that I was like this so much and cannot relate to it because I'm such a people pleaser and just want everybody to like me. But I took his phone once one of the first times we were out getting drunk at a bar and we were early dating. And I was just like, can I text? Like he had a big chain with all the firemen at his firehouse. I was like, I just was texting the dumbest shit. Like, I feel like we don't do enough together. Like I yearn. I was like, I write, I wrote, I yearn for you to one of the guys just being a complete dickhead, you know? And I was like, I feel like we don't spend enough time. Like, I, I feel like I miss you guys when I'm not with you. And and then I just kept, as we were getting drunker, writing more and more ludicrous and just, you know, openly gay things. And, yeah. and um, the next morning I was like, did you write to them again? Like, did you tell them I took your phone? He's like, yeah, I wouldn't worry. But I'm like, they think you're in love with them. Like a couple of them think you want to hook up with them. Oh. Didn't care. And it, I was like, are you going to tell them like that that was just nothing? Yeah. You know, just couldn't give a fuck. On the, on the flip side of that, is like it doesn't occur to him like he boarded a plane without me once just boarded the plane on the plane i'm like where the fuck are you hey gotta get myself situated i'm like do you not understand i was pregnant also i was pregnant bert on the plane legs open deep dick you know just oh. but he i do want that so bad that not caring i mean he doesn't oh, I, care. it's leanne i would leanne is your wife like that she doesn't <gasps> give a fuck she doesn't give a fuck she's so jealous of that she will point out uh, often you are the only one thinking about you today no one else is thinking about you the way you're thinking about you yeah um i she she's really good she's really good at like uh she's fucking i like i i, I, I shit on her a lot on stage you know <laughs> but i go that's what when you're in you love with to. someone that's what you do you don't like i'm not gonna sit up there and go man i got the luckiest guy in the world yeah because yeah. i remember those comics and they all cheated on their wives like, yes i do i will say those guys the guys that are the family that make a big point in their act with a bunch of rules like you can't say these words when i was on the road opening for guys it would be the guys that were like please don't cur- you can't say all these different things they would be the naughtiest <laughs> they would always I mean, be the most disgusting but david tell who'd be complete animal lovely fucking mensch i never had to wife, worry about my wife loves david tell He's so fucking loves, funny. Loves David Tell. Yeah. David David Tell came over to our house one time to do a podcast, me, him, and Segura. And we do the podcast and we get done. And he's walking through the house and Leanne sees him and just loses her shit. Like he was he was my litmus to find out if she was cool. So yeah. when I started dating her, I put in skanks for the memories in my car. And I just I wanted to see what her sense of humor was. And uh she laughed hysterically and she's like who is this it's, i said it's david tell us the greatest com- he's the greatest comic skanks for the memory is one of my favorite albums yeah ever. i want it to sound like a boot comic. stuck in yeah. mud only wetter like it's just every all all she did was quote to this day she quotes skanks from the memories to our daughters 
Did everyone get really? it? Really? Gonna get it? Oh, to this day, those are boogly boogly. Watch out! Watch out! Did everyone get it? That's gonna get it. Let's go! Let's go, girls. Um, she um, but yeah, she does not give a fuck. Does not give a fuck what people. It's such a good quality for kids too. At least if one yeah. parent is like that, I think it's so good. Obviously, I mean, yeah, because I don't want to transfer all my just insane desire to please um, my daughter. Like, I don't want to, it's not good. I'm like, it's so worried about what everybody says about me. And I, I do, I'm glad that at least one of us is not like that because I'm like, I'm unwell. <laughs> I'm not running a tight ship at all. Yeah. You're telling me <laughs> I am very unwell. I am very, very unwell. And it's just, and it's, and it's just highlighted. It's, the more, the older I get, the more it's highlighted of like, just on how un, untethered I am. And how grounded Leanne is. Yeah. It's insane. I, uh, yeah, I'm unhinged. Like his family, they talk about like, you know, backsplashes in kitchens and, you know, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, for, for, um, he gave me for, I begged him not to. He gave me, um, pajamas from Costco, like for Christmas. I was just like, I just don't, all I want is nothing from Costco. That's all I asked him. I was like, just don't get me anything you can get. Like, you could put in a cart on top of like raspberries and salmon. I don't fucking want that. Like, <laughs> just yeah. But he's just that's what he wants to talk about the house, what he did, you know, what he put up, his oh, fucking shed. You know, there's never a moment guy. where I look at him and I'm like, what is he thinking? No, he's thinking about like a shed. He's thinking about like <laughs> concrete. There's nothing else rolling around in his brain. What are you gonna do? Are do you do you want to do another hour special? Or do you have you ever thought about doing a one person show? I would love to do it. I'm I'm working on an hour now, so I'd love to do my hour. Um, I want to shoot at a firehouse. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but it's kind of all about me and this new life that I have now. Cause we moved like deep Queens. We bought a house. He bought a house with Bitcoin. So we're like in Masbeth <laughs> Queens. Really? Yes. Oh, they all love crypto. <laughs> They're obsessed with crypto. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking So I was like, the government is not going to get their fucking, I'm like, you're a government worker. <laughs> but yeah, they're, so they all love crypto. And now like a lot of my life is going to these like Staten Island, you know, like dinner dances. And that's oh. what my whole hour is just kind of about me in that whole world. I, I mean, that's so, so sexy yeah. to me. Like that's so interesting. That's so rich of like yeah. immediately as, as a person, but as a comic, I go, oh. It is fun stuff. Cause my family and his family, I mean, they're just like, they couldn't be more wildly opposite. Yeah. You know? Like my dad's wedding speech was like mostly about immigration policy. I'm like, you didn't mention <laughs> me or Pete. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making it up, Bert. You could ask different comics at my wedding. It was only about immigration. I was like, dad, that wasn't about anything to do with us. You know, at one point he goes, this is what makes America great. It's because of the diversity. It's because of this. He was like screaming out again, almost racist. He's like, we've got Columbia. We've got like, no, stop it. We've got Columbia is pretty offensive. He's like, we got Columbia. We've got African-Americans. You know, his family was just like, what? And then the fireman at the end of my wedding just grabbed the mic was like drop it just fell softly oh. over into his own worthlessness yeah god that's so, so the families up. are like complete opposite so i would love to do like my new hour about i mean i am working on it now and finding a space but i would love to um make that make a show about it and like keep keep touring and stuff like that and um you know figure out a way to do this with uh it's tricky you know like with a kid and, and oh you know, i, I, I out, don't you know? i don't envy it i, I couldn't i mean i i gave up i gave up a lot of really uh, great probably family times to work mm-hmm. no i mean i have regrets i wish i wish that i had been maybe i still i mean i still have a kid in the house and i'm i just looked at my schedule and i leave i leave 
Well, I leave tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I'm gone for two weeks. And I love, but my kids are just so used to it. Like they, they so, get it? Yeah. They're just like, uh, like Isla called me the other day and she goes, uh, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. She goes, <laughs> she goes uh, you coming home? I said, yeah. She goes, when? I said, Monday. I go, I'll, I'll be home Monday and Tuesday, but I leave Wednesday. And she goes, okay, two days isn't bad. And I was like, yeah. She goes, and then how long are you home? the next for christmas i said two weeks and then she yeah. goes okay and then how, how long are you out and i looked at the counter and i was like oh, i'm out for like two months straight wow and, but you but it's crazy i'm more grounded on the road than i am here not working here not working i am just fucking i'm a mess i'm literally like that's like, how I was during COVID. I was just rocking in a nightgown. Oh, I was not well. I was I just, just muttering working. to just myself and moaning in like a window. Oh, so. <laughs> I started working. I just got up and was like, and was like, uh, yeah. I'll create a tour. I'll do outdoor. Uh, I'll do. Um, I, I mean, I was so antsy on yeah. on March seventeenth. My special came out on the seventeenth. On March seventeenth, I'm outside. I'm looking at the you know you know when the Netflix mm -hmm. comes up, you look at your Instagram and everyone's mentioned you in their stories, and you can mm -hmm. see it, and you're like, wow. And then you're like, look on Google Trends. You're like, oh shit, the special's doing well. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then the next day, this my special was trending like number four mm -hmm. or something. And I was like, I was like, motherfucker. I was like, I'm. And so I sat out and I was like, I'm gonna come up with a tour. And so I literally called my manager and an agent and was like, hey, we need to do drive-in movie theaters. And they're like, that's not a thing. And I go, let's make it a thing. And then I create, but I I do not have that, that ability. That is such a fun idea to do drive-in movie theaters. Oh, I did sixty of them. I didn't know you did that. That's such a fun idea. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did. Here, show. Um, did they have? I didn't even know oh, they had that many. You want to see? You want? Can I see a, like a picture of it? Go to my Instagram. That's such a fun idea. I it always was. love drive-ins. Uh, I think you can show, play that video. Play that video. Go back. No, is that a video? Yeah, let me play that. So here, you can throw throw the headsets on. You can hear the yeah the cool music. Oh my god. It's so cool that you just had this thought and you made this happen. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait, where's my thing? Oh, there it oh, is. Right there. Hold on. Will you rewind it so I can hear from before? Here, give. Yeah. We had. Uh... Oh my God, this is amazing. One of my favorite songs ever, too. Yeah. I love Creed. We had a fucking blast. So they played, they streamed it. Oh, there was Thunderstorms. It was fucking the funnest tour. This is the best fucking song for a trailer. Or a what the, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody write my sentence for me. It's amazing. This is my cousin Andrew. He he has really great musical taste when he edited things. I love creating some. So we get in the back of a golf cart and do a meet and greet because it was all COVID. Mm -hmm. So we we did uh it was awesome. We we would so they would stream cool. the um they would stream we had four cameras. Mm -hmm. They'd do a four camera shoot, they'd stream it up onto the big screen, mm -hmm. and then all the audio would go into everyone's cars everyone would sit and tailgate and they'd get out early and they'd bring smokers and they'd bring a hot tub, like a fill up a inflatable hot tub. And I mean, it was the funnest fun and it was total lockdown, but we'd go out, we did it mostly in the middle of the country and we'd set up shop and we'd come in and it was the fucking funnest. We all lived in a tour bus. I brought mm -hmm. like, 
four comics with me. So we're, oh, I love that so much. I love that those kinds of hangs. That's one thing I never got sick of. Is that is that never. kind of thing? I love a road that's, trip. I just love a long road trip with friends like oh, that. It's so good for you. Well, that's you know? why that's why I do I do a tour called uh, called uh, Fully Loaded, mm-hmm. and where I take I, I and Nikki Glazer on it. Oh yeah, Nikki was telling me it was a blast. Yeah, it's but I, I do it because of the hang. Mm-hmm. Because and Georgia and her friends PA'd my oldest PA'd on it, and the greatest moment in my life is watching David tell with Georgia, who Georgia really? and all her friends are all kind of little woke, yeah. And they're in the back watching Shane Gillis, Big J Okerson, Mark so Norman, funny. uh, fucking Taylor Tomlinson. <laughs> I, they, I mean, they're watching all these comics and they're crying laughing, but Georgia watching David tell was like. The and the fact that greatest. she was a PA, that's so cool for me to hear all that stuff because, like, my therapist was telling me not to make bring things whatever play some soft piano music under this uh but like you know because i was saying like pete's alone with her for half the week then i go away for a couple days in a row whatever but he's like and i obsess about this but a lot of my friends travel so much more yeah and he's like it's about the 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 quality and them and involving them in your life and helping them understand it and 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 you know you wouldn't want frankie to like not do more of what she loves and she comes with us a lot too, That's you so know, blessed. but, um, so it's cool to hear that. I'm like, Oh, okay. So she could like be involved and she yeah. could do something on the tours and oh, she could, you know what I mean? And it, maybe girls, be an interesting life for her. Oh, the girls, the girls, the funnest thing when they were young was mm-hmm. taking them to comedy clubs because the, the fucking wait staff dotes on them. Yeah. Like they, they're like, they, and it may, they make, it would make you feel important. I bring them in and they'd be like, I would, I would be like, what, what can we order? And I go, <laughs> what do you want? She was like, I want something good. And so I go, well, let's bring in the manager. Mm-hmm. And we come in and goes, you guys can do anything. You guys want to go back in the kitchen, see what you see? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, they would. it was so much fun. They go to the Tampa Improv. They go to uh, to Irvine, to Brea. They'd come out with us. And you'd take them on the road and you'd have fun with them. And and, and then and then that night they'd come to the first show. And then and then you, they'd go home early with Leanne. They'd get in their pajamas. They'd watch a movie in the green room. Oh, it was so the fucking cute. greatest. And then now Georgia and her friends, PA, uh, they're doing um they're gonna pa again this year we're, we're doing fully loaded i think we're doing six weeks this year mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. gonna they're all they're fighting over it they're really? like really oh yeah because they live in the tour bus they <laughs> hang out like you know and the, i remember the last night shane gillis walks up to georgia and he goes uh you guys sneaking beers mm-hmm. and she goes no and he goes bullshit yeah he's like you're sneaking beers aren't you and she goes no and he goes what do you what are you sneaking beers <laughs> she goes won't tell my dad and he goes no i'm not gonna tell your fucking dad she mm. goes yeah we've been sneaking beers and he goes i fucking knew it <laughs> so then he comes down sits next to me he goes george is drinking <laughs> i said really he goes they're sneaking beers i was like i'm not gonna say anything uh, yeah it helps to think of like you know maybe like instead of my i'm always thinking about how i'm gonna like section off and protect her from my life and instead of like you know i can't remember which comic was saying this to me but they were like involve her like oh. it's an opportunity it's an opportunity you know like like the way she is at the firehouse she's at the firehouse all the time and you know she knows all the guys and she's got her own little bunker gear oh, i'm like she's the, the same coolest, comedy it's you know the coolest shit my daughters my daughters uh genuinely believed joey diaz was their uncle uncle joey diaz <laughs> So they call you call him Uncle Coco. And so one time Isla comes home from school. We used to let him walk home from school. Uh, not all the time, but a couple of times. They'd stop at this place called Marie AC. It's right where I mm-hmm. school. And I, she comes home. She goes, uh, I saw Uncle Coco Diaz, Uncle Joey at uh, Marie AC. I said, yeah. And she goes, Dad, he was smoking a marijuana joint. <laughs> a marijuana joint. Oh, I my said, God. I said, was he? And she goes, 
he tried to hide it from me, but I could smell it, Dad. He was smoking a joint. So then, but it's so funny because Joey went out on tour and the girls had never seen him do stand up. And Isla came out, Isla and her friends came out. They all came out to one gig in Atlanta. Joey was there and they had never seen Joey Diaz. They've known him as their uncle for 16 years, but they'd never seen him do stand up. And he goes out and he gets a standing ovation when he walked on stage. Mm-hmm. And the girls are like, wait, this is, and Joey's set is, I mean, on fire. It's, yeah. And it's so politically incorrect. And George and I are like, that's what Joey says on stage? Like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, but it's, it, that's the cool part is including him in your life because, because it, we, we do live a fun life and we are yeah. around interesting people. Yeah, you know, and, and it's an opportunity. You're right. They can learn a lot. It's just like a whole different way of growing up. And it also been like Jessica Kirsten was saying this because she's hilarious comic and one of my best friends. And she has, uh, you know, four daughters. And she's like, yeah, you're teaching them to be fucking funny and 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 be be an asshole and have fun. And with all the dark, weird, mangled shit that happens in life, see it as an opportunity. Not that just that there's this godless whore part of my life I have to hide from my daughter. You know. <laughs> well. I, can't, I it's been so great catching up with you. Thank you. I fucking I adore you. I I it is so great to see your success and see how happy you are. I'm so I'm so excited. I I had a moment of clarity when I was like I was like this was like someone I spent. I mean the only next person we got to interview is Louis Schaefer. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Where the fuck is he? Is he in England or some shit? I just saw him. I just saw him on motherfucker. I cannot open my phone and not just like I just saw him. He's I think his. I is he married with kids and stuff now? He lives in London. What a weird time that was. Here, take a look. This is him with his son. That's his son. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is so insane. Louis Schaefer. That was such a weird time. He was, well, it was. It I remember was. one time I went on stage and I was like. He's writing a letter of love and that's considered some kind of indication of you. Save us, Francis. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? Just sit here. You have no clue. You have I never no claimed clue. to know about relationships. No, because you and your gayness, you've totally. <laughs> you and your gayness. <laughs> I, that guy was. That guy was like a big part of our lives. We. I mean, he was like. I the, used to he was, wait at Boston for like four hours and wait for it to see if he would give me the would allow me to do like four minutes or some shit. Yeah. But going I, on one time, I go and 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 um, I think it was. Geraldo that said if I was bombing really bad, I think it might have been Geraldo. This to say the most honest thing that would come to my mind that the crowd would respect that, you know, vulnerability, which yeah. is really good advice if you're like a seasoned comic, but they didn't want to know, like pull back the curtain behind like what makes me tick. They hated me. You know, so I was like, and he, <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's my 21st birthday, terrible bombing terribly. And this one guy just set up and he goes, 22 years. He goes, I was, I goes, it's my 22nd birthday. He goes, 22 years of not being funny. <laughs> And then he just slowly high-fived the entire table. But I remember Lewis was there and all these people were dying laughing. Because I wasn't quite at that space where I I had the ability as a comic to yeah. be like, let me take you behind the scenes with me. They're like, ah, you stink. I'm still not there. I'm still not there. Yeah, You'll no see one tonight, asks for more. I'm just getting blackout drunk, getting high as shit, giggling, and then fucking, and then praying to God that someone wrote me a fucking couple roast jokes. <laughs> I am so, I'm so, I got, I have to, I have to, uh, I have to meet your husband. I have to have a beer with him. Yes. Please come to the firehouse. I I will. I, I, I'm, I'm going to make that mandatory when I'm in New York next. We're doing fully loaded. I can't say it. I'm not supposed to announce it, but I'll, I'll, I'll cue you in and I want to, I got to meet this guy. 
I had so much fun with you. Thank you so much for having me no, here. So it's so good to see. You. I'm so happy. What was that? I don't know. I just, I just, I always do something at the end. That's I perfect. always make a mistake at the end. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.